Welcome to the shortest episode ever of Wood Talk Online. Actually, I'm just coming on here real quick to let you know that Matt and I are still alive. We're still uh, still doing the show. It's just we um, just August has gotten away from us and things are just way too busy. So we decided it was a convenient time to take a break. And most of you are on vacation as well. So it just seems like an appropriate time. This month is is pretty crazy. We've got the podcast and new media expo coming up here in a few days. And then after that, the uh, big IWF show in Atlanta, which is just going to be a tremendous woodworking show. So if you can make it there, I would recommend it. Uh, But beyond that, we are hoping that when we start up again in September, that we will have some really cool news to share with you guys about the show and and the uh, destiny of the show. And uh, can't say anything yet. Hate to tease you, but I really can't say anything until something is concrete. But perhaps something may happen. So uh, thanks as always for listening, and we will see you guys in September. So happy and safe woodworking, and thanks as always for listening. Well, you know, while I was here, I figured I may as well answer a couple voicemails that we have sitting in the mailbox. Uh, This first one comes from Jim. Hey, Mark and Matt. This is Jim in Langley, British Columbia. For the past few months, I've been gradually working my way through all the past episodes of Wood Talk Online, and as of today, I'm completely caught up. Got to say, I love your podcast. In an earlier episode, Mark, you mentioned that you never use any wet lubricant on your table saw. Instead, you only use dry lube, but you didn't mention any brand names. I was wondering if you could tell me what you do use on your table saw. Thanks, guys. Now, if if I remember correctly, Jim, I think you're talking about the material that I use on the gears, on the interior parts of the saw, which is where all the sawdust and chips and things could very well collect if you use some sort of a wet lubricant. The stuff that I use is never really a particular brand. Anytime I go to Home Depot or Lowe's, there's always a little display in the power tool section, uh, usually like an end cap where they have all types of lubricants and silicone sprays and th- things along that uh, those lines. Typically, there's a silicone dry spray lubricant, and that's whatever brand. I don't care what brand it is. As long as it's a dry spray lubricant, that's the material I use. And like I say, it's not going to make the you know gears turn quite as efficiently as they might if you use a wet lubricant, but it lasts longer and doesn't require as much maintenance in the long run. So for me, it's a better option. And the second voicemail that we have today is, well, I don't know who it's from because he didn't tell us his name. Uh, we'll just call him No Name. Hello, guys. Enjoy your podcast. Just discovered it. I'm listening to back issues of it right now. Uh, just heard one about uh, using large rotter bits and uh, and uh, had to throw in my two cents. Uh, I found out that uh, when you run them at too high a speed, they also tend to burn your hardwood a lot worse than you'd consider acceptable. I have a question, and it may be more general carpentry than you feel comfortable with, but uh, I'm putting some decking down using uh, 16-foot-long 2x6s that are uh, pressure-treated ACQ uh, wood. It's quite wet, and I'm wondering if I even need to allow for any separation. I'd like to keep the the joints when it's dried out as close as possible and still allow a drainage, but uh, I'm thinking that uh, as wet as this wood is, I probably don't even need to use a nail. I can just put put them up together. I'd like to hear your comment about it if you've got any, any views on it. Thank you. Well, thanks for the tip on the router bits. That's good to know. Um, As far as decking is concerned, you know, I'll admit I haven't installed a whole lot of decks in my time, but in general spacing, you know, you want to give them at least a good eighth of an inch between each board. Now, the problem here is you you say that they're already, you you can clearly see that they're wet. So we know that they're going to shrink and they may shrink enough to the point that it leaves, you know, the gap that we're looking for and then some. 
the thing is, obviously, it would seem to be ideal if you could let the board sit for a little while and dry out. And the only problem there is what I found is when you take a lot of that construction-grade lumber and let it dry out, it starts to pretzel on you and, and just turn into all kinds of funny little shapes. So uh, kind of um, kind of a little bit of a dilemma there. Uh, I would probably buy a bunch of lumber, take my chances, and let it dry out a little bit before installing it so that I could uh, then give it a, you know, maybe make some eighth-inch shims and uh, install the boards that way, making sure that there's about an eighth-inch gap in between each board, but only if I knew that the boards were mostly dry or at least acclimated to the environment. So uh, that would be just me, and I might wind up going through some extra boards because they, you know, twist and turn on me, and I'll have to replace a few, but I think that might be the the best way to go as far as insurance. Now, obviously, you know, people who do this stuff all the time aren't going to wait for boards to dry. So if anybody has any experience building decks uh, and outdoor things like that using, the you know, standard construction grade materials, uh, let, let us know because I'd be curious to know from a professional who's actually uh, done this quite a bit. Okay, now we're really done this time. So thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Take care.